Neighbor calls my disabled kid the R-word for walking funny, so I destroy her dreams of becoming a cop. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. For a bit of background, my next door neighbor is slash was a college student. She lived with our actual neighbor, her boyfriend. Typical crazy college kid. Weekend parties, drinking on her patio at all hours of the night, and weird hours. You know the drill. I figured she was trying to experience college life, so why not? You do you, lady. Anyways, one summer night last year, she was sitting out on her back patio with her girlfriends doing their drunk thing. I'm out, wrapping up on some stuff with my toddler daughter. She at the same time had a medical thing going on that caused her to walk a little weird. Nothing life-altering and something that would heal over time. She did have a weeble waddle to her, especially when running. Sometimes she would fall right over. She was out running around with the dog and the ladies next door were waving and telling her how cute she was. All good. We go back inside and I hand her off real quick to the husband. I want to go to the bedroom real fast to change the sheets for bed later. I hurry up. Now, to set the scene, my bedroom is the closest to the patio next door. The windows are open because it gets super hot in there, even with AC during the day and the lights off. I can do this by the light of the hallway, I figure. I can clearly hear what they're talking about next door. Did you see the way she was walking? What a little R word. My little R word, my little R word. Singing the cheerful tone of My Little Pony. I guess because that was what my kid had been wearing. This was followed by sounds I suppose my neighbor felt a mentally challenged child would make. And uproarious laughter. No, you did not. They didn't realize anyone could hear them. But I had the lights flipped on and was at the window and shouting in record time. Stay right there, lady. Absolute dead silence as they realized someone heard them. I come flying down the stairs where I'm intercepted by my husband that has no idea what I was screaming about. At this point, I'm so mad that I just burst into tears when telling him. We both decide it would be better to wait until morning to confront them. Everyone next door is wasted and there's no way of telling just how many people she has over. Besides, when we looked outside, it seemed like they might have packed it in for the night. Not long after this, we all go to bed. My husband was outside having a last cigarette before sleep. Next door jerk had sent her boyfriend out to put the fire pit out. Guess she was way too chicken to do it herself as she usually would. My husband and he were talking. Her boyfriend. That got crazy earlier, huh? Well, your girlfriend did make fun of a child, so understanding that as her parents, we're upset shouldn't be too hard. Ah, man, you know how girls are that age when they're drinking. My neighbor happens to date much younger women. No judgment, but it's not a defense for how they acted. They say stuff and don't mean it. All little girls are like that when drunk. I've drank with a lot of women and have never heard of one of them making fun of a kid behind their back. A two-year-old, no less. So, yeah, that doesn't fly with me. Look, dude, I don't want drama. Just let it go. Sure, just let your girlfriend know we're waiting for her heartfelt apology. Whatever. Needless to say, boyfriend is going to go with whatever keeps getting him laid. Not a drop of compassion, even though he's a nurse. Freaking awesome. Hope you don't work in the children's ward, jerk. My husband came in after that. I waited for a week to confront her about it because I thought that what she did was so shameless that she would surely feel bad. Nope. I happened to be outside one day watering when she was coming back from wherever. Gave her the stare down. All she could muster was, got a problem, do something about it, before making her way inside. Turns out that little miss my poop doesn't stink wanted to be a policewoman in our town. How do I know? They sent a letter to people on our street to feel her out before accepting her into their 
program. Just a standard questionnaire asking about our dear neighbor friend. Do you have an opinion why or why not your jerk neighbor would make a good officer of the law? Why yes, yes I do. I wrote an essay you guys complete with photos of her lovely patio covered in cans and bottles from the night before. Their dogs having to sit outside in the pouring rain all day. I guess animal control is too busy around here for that kind of thing. I always got a will look into it response. How do you feel about someone on your force that makes fun of kids with handicaps who could possibly show up to work drunk? I sent it back in and just forgot about it. It was petty, yes, but it felt so, so good. I say this because last night I heard her crying to one of her buddies about how she couldn't seem to break into the local police force, which had been the whole reason she had pursued her major in college. She isn't sure what to do now. Now, I'm not sure if my letter did it. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I'm not sure if they tell you why you aren't being considered other than you're not. In that moment, though, I felt vindicated. Screw you, you soulless jerk. Hope these jokes at my kid's expense was worth it. Seriously, you have to fall pretty low to make fun of a disabled two-year-old. Like, that's literally on the top five list of crappiest things you can do. And this person thought that they were a fine enough member of society to actually earn a place as a cop, but treat people like that? I don't think so. I didn't know that this was a thing that they send out this mailer to your neighbors. But yeah, probably a good idea. If anyone's seen some crap going on with these people, it's gonna be the neighbors. It definitely seems to be like a good idea. I mean, hey, it helped them catch one of the bad eggs this time. I got my teacher suspended for refusing to let me use the restroom. To preface, I have Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. This qualifies me as disabled. And so starting when I first got sick in high school, I was required accommodations by state law. Being disabled was hard and pretty complicated since after being diagnosed with IBD, I started getting various other health issues, ranging from kidney issues to neurological issues to fibromyalgia. My school was very reasonable and even after missing three months when I was first diagnosed, I still got all my credits. The following year, I was doing all right. Then second semester, one of my teachers left and the new one was a complete monster. She refused to teach with the textbook and just used Wikipedia instead. She wouldn't give us any tests or practice for the AP exam we were due to take. I was very frustrated and felt unprepared. She absolutely loathed me since I had a little pink pass that allowed me to take my meds in class, go to the school nurse as needed, and have unlimited restroom breaks. She thought I was a disruption. I would do my best to wait until she was done talking unless I was in too much pain, but she would always roll her eyes and groan at me. One day, I had just gotten in from a doctor's appointment and rushed into her class. I asked to go to the restroom and said I'd be right back. She said no. No. Well, asking is just a formality. All of the teachers get emails about the disabled students and know about their accommodations. So I told her, I need to go to the restroom. I'm going. As I left, she groaned something about me always wasting class time and faking it. I picked up my stuff and took it with me. I went to the restroom. Then I went downstairs to my dean's office. I signed in and when he came out to get me, I told him about her attitude and how she refused to let me use my accommodations. So I came here. I simply told him that they should let her know that she's required to let me leave the class for a reason, and I have medical paperwork to back that up. He apologized profusely and called the teacher. 
He told her that he was sending a substitute to her room and he wanted to speak with her. Then he called for a substitute teacher on his walkie-talkie. She arrived at his office looking very displeased to say the least. He sent me out of the room and I waited in the lobby for, I think, 20 minutes. Once she left, he had her stop at the desk to fill out some paperwork. He brought me back into the office to fill out paperwork as well about what had happened. A few other students who had heard what had happened came in as witnesses, and after that, she was gone for three weeks. To my knowledge, she was suspended because she opened them up to a potential lawsuit. Blatantly denying a disabled student their accommodations is against the law here, and the school didn't tolerate it one bit. I will admit I do feel a little bit bad, but I don't take any crap when it comes to my body and my diseases. No, this teacher was just on a power trip. They didn't like the feeling of not having control over one of their students. Sorry, too bad. This is a medical issue. You're required to let me do what I need to do. And the fact that our poster wasn't allowed to go despite their health issues really shows what kind of person this teacher is. I would have done the exact same thing. You handled it the way it should have been handled. You went to the appropriate authority and they took the action needed. Not going to hold anything against you on this one. Entitled mother demands absolute silence in the whole apartment complex. So I live with my parents and brothers in an apartment complex with 11 other units. There would be noise that would go around, but all neighbors don't take much notice or mind it very much. Since, after all, it is an apartment complex with families living their lives. So about three years ago, Entitled Mother, a 78-year-old woman, complained to us accusing us of slamming our door. To which I can assure you we weren't because our door has a dampener. This went on for a few months until she wrote in chalk, Unit X, stop slamming your door. We tried to complain about it to the corporate body, but since Entitled Mother was a part of it, nothing was done. She consistently complained about the noises of a mother and son talking in normal speaking voices while walking out of the building as well as our door and another family living upstairs who were raising a baby. A bit of a side note here, she tried to whinge and say, We're old people, we don't want noise! But you decided to move near a busy road and a railway corridor. How can you expect no noise? Or better yet, blame us for it. This woman's daughter was so sick of her mother's exacerbated intolerance for room-level noise that she moved out. One day after returning from school, I decided to do some chores and take out the train and upon re-entering the building, she wrote in chalk on the wall again, accusing me of slamming the door and giving a specific timestamp to when I came home from school. Again, we tried to report her, but she pulled strings to have it dismissed. After accosting a number of families and parents with children living in the same complex for noise and many failed attempts at trying to report her for harassment, all the families have taken it upon ourselves to make plenty of noise. A dad and his children love screaming into the corridor where she lives and ding-dong ditching her before running back into their apartments, with the direction of their dad. A mother and a daughter cough loudly when walking through the lobby, and my family? We make sure to slam the front door hard and loud, and speak loudly when we're entering the building. If she wants to complain about noise, we'll give her noise. She began to single out and harass the mother and daughter, to which they responded, There are a few families living here. If you don't want noise, then why don't you move into a nursing home? I know quite a few. Entitled Mother is still persisting with these complaints today, to which she's not getting what she wants. And I think the jerk should just take the advice on the nursing home. 
This lady's clearly bitter about something. You don't get that mad over every little thing when your life is perfect. She's got other issues going on that she's not happy about and she's taking it out on everyone else around her. I understand the want for quiet, but yeah, you're in an apartment complex. There's gonna be other people around making noise. And guess what? People have kids. Kids make noise. While I don't really think our original poster is necessarily making the situation better by doing this, they are having some fun at least along the way. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Men seem to think I don't know how to do my job all because of my gender. It always seems to be old men who have a problem receiving help from a woman. Roughly 10 years ago, I worked for Geek Squad. If you don't know what that is, the uniform is a shirt and tie. Girls can wear skirts, but I'm not that kind of girl, so I wore pants. In other words, it doesn't look normal to see a woman in a shirt and tie. Anyway, this old fart came in first thing in the morning because old people get up at the crack of dawn. He jokingly asked to speak to one of the geeks. I was the opener and the only one there at the time, also the only woman in the department. I asked how I can help him and he got a serious face and said, no sweetie, I need to speak to a man. Never having been one to take anybody's crap, I replied, well sweetie, I'm the only one here, so you can tell me your problem or you can come back later. He left. I've since moved on from electronics repair and am now a licensed electrician. About a year ago, I ran a service call with a co-worker in my boss. The issue was that a fan that another electrician had installed would cause the recessed lights in the room to dim when the fan was turned on. This other guy had told the homeowner that we didn't wire the house correctly, hence why my boss was there too. The other electrician lived in the same development, so the homeowner called him over while we were there. We all introduced ourselves and he shook everybody's hand, except mine, just kinda pretended I wasn't there. More recently, I ran a service call with the same coworker to, you guessed it, an old man's house. I have my screwdriver and wire strippers in my back pocket and my impact on my hip. I put booties on over my muddy work boots to enter his house. While we were working, he started to ask about plumbing questions. My coworker was quick to say he doesn't know anything about plumbing, but I used to work for an HVAC plumbing company, so I know some stuff. I explained the purpose of the bladder tank on his water heater, and this man had the audacity to then ask me, so are you just hanging out for the day? I told him, yeah, I decided to venture outside of the kitchen for a change. I don't understand why people think that what genitals you have determines what knowledge you're able to consume. Believe it or not, just because you don't have anything hanging between your legs doesn't mean you can't be an electrician or something like that. At the end of the day, our original poster has the peace of mind that she knows something that they didn't. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had to call her in the first place. Maybe she needs to point that out to them once in a while. 
I announced my wife's pregnancy in front of my sister who can't have kids. My wife and I have a three-year-old son and we're expecting our second child next year. Both our children were conceived via IVF. We spent years trying for our first with no success and it took four cycles of IVF to have him. It was brutal on my wife. We both felt like trying for biological children was the way to go for us. We tried naturally for a second child after our first turned one, but had zero luck. We were left with the money for one cycle of IVF, which we decided to pursue if we didn't have any luck naturally, which we didn't. Around a year ago, my wife and I were gearing up to start the ball rolling on our IVF journey, when my sister came and asked if she could have the money to try an IVF herself. My sister has no biological kids, but does have an 11-year-old stepson. She has endometriosis and PCOS and has never been able to have a child. Her stepson is not very close to her and they've had problems with him since the start of their marriage. Her stepson has always brought up the fact that his dad married again too soon after his mom died and how my sister is trying to replace her. He ran away from home three times already. They also had the police and CPS on their door because he tried to get removed from their care. Our main reason for saying no is we wanted to give our son a sibling, but But I can't lie and say that the dynamic in her home was on my mind too. And I wasn't sure if it was a good idea to bring a new baby into their home when things are as bad as they are. She was very upset with me for turning her down. She said she has no kids and we already have one, and we'd give her a chance if we gave her the money. I shut her down. I told her my answer was no and it was final. We waited for my wife to be far enough along before announcing our last IVF cycle worked. We did this at a family dinner. Everyone was so happy for us, except for my sister and her husband. She started making snarky comments about how it was no big deal when we already had a kid. I told her, given our struggles, it was a big deal. Our parents told her that she should be happy for us. She then starts ranting and raving about how selfish we are to deny her motherhood and to deny her and her husband the chance to have a family together. Our other sister pointed out about her stepson. She told her she's not his mother and he hates her guts, so it's not like she'll ever get any joy out of mothering him. I told her I was sorry she couldn't have a kid of her own, but she didn't get to demand that we sacrifice a second child for her. She then told me I held her stepson against her. I told her I couldn't say that it hadn't crossed my mind that bringing a child into what was already a complicated mess would be a bad idea, but that it was beside the point because we wanted another child. She told me I was a jerk for humiliating her in front of the whole family and picking a fight with her. I told her she picked the fight, not me. That's one heck of an ask. I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure that kind of thing is very expensive. That's a lot to ask and assume that someone's going to give you that kind of money, especially when they've already allotted it for them to do that themselves. I guess I understand the impulse to want to ask if she doesn't have any kids herself and doesn't have any way to raise this kind of money on her own. But either way, you would think social etiquette would kick in and you don't ask for that kind of thing. Like our original poster said. They're literally being asked to sacrifice their second child, essentially. And this is all just for a chance to have a baby. No, I don't think you're the jerk. I think that she needs to realize that she might be the main character of her own story, but all these other people around her in the world matter too. 
My wife's brother completely ruined our house, and now I have to cancel the trip that we were all supposed to go on. I have a home office and decided to have some light renovations done. I looked into hiring a professional contractor, but my wife wanted me to hire her brother. I was hesitant. First, he's a handyman and not a contractor. Second, he doesn't have insurance or even many of the tools required to do this job. All of the contractors I spoke to are insured and he had to borrow my tools. Third, I had to pay him money up front to cover the cost of materials while the contractors all have accounts with suppliers, so they didn't require any upfront money. My wife talked me into it because he needs the money and has a family. We decided to take a vacation while he was going to do the work and came back to a mess. The carpet was soaked and moldy. Nothing was done. Materials were everywhere and it smelled like a swamp in our house. Apparently, when he drilled into the wall, he didn't locate the water line and hit it. He only noticed noticed the leaking when he came back from lunch and the carpet was soaked. He tried to find the shut off but couldn't, so he tore into the wall to try and stop the leaking which only made it worse. On top of which, he couldn't stop it there either. He panicked and called a coworker who came over hours later and found the shutoff. Instead of calling us immediately, he left the house as it was, and I guess it was out of sight, out of mind. The repair cost ended up being triple the original cost. Since his family is living on Section 8 housing and other government assistance, we decided last year to start saving to take them and her parents on a beach vacation this year in December as their Christmas gift. We told them about it a couple of months ago so everyone could get their calendar in order. I told my wife we should cancel the trip and apply that money to the cost of the repairs. This has caused an argument between us. My wife says it's not fair to punish her nieces, nephews, and parents since they've been excited about the trip and they could never afford to go on their own. I argued we can't afford to eat the cost without it affecting our budget. She loves her nieces and nephews and keeps saying that I'm unfairly punishing them. We're supposed to go to her parents for dinner tonight, and she forbade me to cancel the trip or even bring up the subject. I don't think I can look at her stupid brother without calling him stupid. I had a feeling this was going to go bad when this story started. I get wanting to help out your brother and that he needs a little bit of money, but this is why you hire a professional. You guys ended up having to spend three times as much as you would have spent. I completely agree with our original poster that that money doesn't just come from nowhere. If that needs to be paid for, that means that that money needs to come from somewhere else. The most logical thing would be from the trip. This was a large unplanned expense that you guys need to take care care of. While this may be disappointing to your nieces and nephews, it's not your fault. It's their father's. Maybe he should be the one to explain that to them. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.